Hello, welcome to a collaborative episode between Chatbox Podcast and a little bit of everything with me podcast. Today's music is called It's Been a While by Vlad Glushenko. Enjoy. everyone thanks for tuning in again paula nate and angelica here we are doing a collaboration between chat box productions and a little bit of everything with me um we are your hosts today Actually, our collaboration was structured as as, um, as ironic as that sounds, considering how this opener has started. Um, I reached out to Angelica. We touched base on uh, Instagram. I saw that um, her 100th episode is coming up. Um, so we're recording this, just so everyone knows, September 6th. Um, so I think your your episode your hundredth episode is coming out this Monday, right? Angela? Yes. Hi everybody. Um, my hundredth episode is going to be published on September the 9th. Woo! Amazing! Exciting. Congratulations! That's exciting. Yeah. That's really. Angela, oh I my have gosh. to ask you: after doing a hundred episodes, what's like your top three uh, pieces of advice for podcasting? Oh my God! You're putting me on the spot. I'm putting right you on the spot. spot. Yeah, the Ooh, Nate, hitting the we hard are, questions right off going the bat. In hot. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's just funny too because Nate and I just started our podcast in January, and we're we're you and Nate, we're on like our thirties. Yeah, we're 33, 34, 35, somewhere in there. Yeah. Are you guys publishing like twice a week? Because I recently started five times a week. I don't know why. Oh, okay. I started once a week and then I was at two and I was like, oh, okay. I feel like I can say more than three. And then now I'm at five days. That is impressive. That is motivation and dedication right there. (laughs) Yo. Okay, this is the story. I started (laughs) in February, um, actually February 14th. And right. Wow. Valentine's Day. But my husband travels for work during the winter. So um, like he's not here. So during Monday to Friday, he's not here. So I was like, what do I do with my time? Like oh. I, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts and okay. I work full time and I just needed to find a hobby because someone else will do it right. Edition, um, that I have that I do share on my podcast. Um, I had to learn to de-stress. So my naturopath recommended me. She's like, why don't you do some coloring? I was like, really? I'm going to, you're going to have this <laughs> ADD. It's going to sit there and color. Oh, no way. (laughs) And I was like, she's like, oh, but it's so therapeutic. And, you know, or if not, just find something. Maybe learn a new instrument. I'm just like, really? Like, I'm going to go out there and find a new instrument. I love her to death. Just pick up the violin. Yeah, exactly. I love her to death, though. She's amazing. Um, She's been helping me with my treatments because I have PCOS. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. obviously, I'm trying to have a, a child naturally. So there's a lot to it. And and the biggest oh, sure. thing says is, is stress. And I'm like, okay. So mm-hmm. I noticed since I started the podcast, I've been less stressful. I've been happy to meet amazing people oh, on the good. show. Yeah. 
and it's changed dramatically as in like my moods and stuff because with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome like you it's like mood swings and you're just very Mm. depressed you're unhappy with yourself and it's just so many emotions Mm. that i go through and i it's pcos uh awareness month this this month of september and i'm really um it's starting next week on social media because we need to be heard and it's one in ten women who uh wears the teal and it's just there's no research um we're fighting for research and more resources and of course i know the united Mm. states make a big deal they go to capitol hill and they protest and they share what they need to share and then hopefully that their senators and you know their um i don't know much about american government like the the tears <laughs> americans okay <laughs> okay good so they pretty much get their leader of their state i guess and, the leaders um, of their state <laughs> their designated <laughs> leaders the people that they report to yeah. <laughs> and they try to you know pitch them hey we need more funding we need more stuff so, yeah uh, yeah so i found podcasting as being such a way of like okay i can express myself to express how i feel and being an advocate for learning disabilities dyslexia because that's what i have as well i said this is a great way to kind of send the message out and you know kind of teach mm-hmm. people, educate people in that sort of way and um i was like hey because you know and during the week like right now my husband is working here but he comes home like at 7 a.m uh, 7 p.m sorry and sometimes 8 p.m because he works in construction and I get mm. home at four, but I'm in construction as well, but I work inside the office and I'm like, what do you do for those four hours till he comes home? You know? Mm. So dinner's like getting ready right. in my slow cooker. I'm like, okay, let's just do podcasting. And that's how it started. Right. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats. That's really, really cool. <laughs> Thank you. That's really cool. Yeah. Nate and I just, I think Nate texted me once and he was like, we should start a podcast. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the uh inception of chat is it yeah that's how most people start it's like hey you know what let me just maybe i should start a podcast but yeah yeah but i like i, the, I like that you have a mission yeah. yeah i had to kind of put a mission into it and also it's it's if you, I know you've heard some episodes, it's different. Of course, that's why, hence the name, a little bit of everything with me. Mm. And mm-hmm. Not just you're going to hear these amazing guests and other podcasters and their missions and their personal stories and, you know, their passions and their work. It's like, okay, you're going to get the other side of it, which is like reality TV or day-to-day Toronto life or <laughs> in general, like, you know, because I like to mix it up. And I guess because yeah. the person who I am with like very ADD and I have a super busy schedule this is how i've always mm-hmm. been and it kind of you know it reflects to the podcast so you know <laughs> this guest on monday you're gonna hear this guest on thursday you know you might get like the most depressing story but then you're gonna get like the greatest story on thursday so it's a mix and match right cool yep. yeah yeah and um 90 days or 90 days of fiance can you explain to me what I've, I, I know it's like the majority of your episodes right now but I avoided all of them because I was like I don't know what this means <laughs> <laughs> is that like a reality tv show so it is considered reality tv um just to give you a synopsis of what it is I never used that word before but I hope I'm using synopsis. it right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> summary um, if you will thank you <laughs> <laughs> so 90 day fiance oh my gosh it's based in the united states and when these oh, people cannot yes. find love in their 
state in their city in their country they have to mm. find love outside of the united states and what's fascinating oh. and addicting is that most of these people it's either the men paint a picture that um they say like oh i cannot find a woman of my dreams where i live because you know it's like the nerdy type of people and then mm -hmm. you know it's like your your gamers and it's like they're trying to find love within their city but they can't because i guess because appearance or whatever but then mm. they go search on an online international dating site and they're finding these like gorgeous women that i'm like she's like a 10 out of 10 how did this happen like and mm. you know some of them are like i don't i don't give them more than a three out of ten that's just my <laughs> personal preference but I'm just like, how did this happen but then when you watch the show it's like oh but you know, I have a business, I have money, and it's just they paint this picture mm. and they have money. And that's what international, you know, people are looking for is to get out of their country, which I don't blame them, depending where they're coming mm. from. Uh -huh. And also it's like, I want to live that American life and this perception of American mm. life. They get here and it's like a shit show. Like it's totally it really is the truest form of reality TV, isn't it? Yeah, and it's so <laughs> addicting to me because it's like, wait, what? You told her you had money, and she comes here and she sees your house, and you're living in a studio apartment. Like, right. oh, you no. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But they are wait. some that are actually truly, fully, like, full in love, and then there's oh. like ninety-five percent who are getting visas. Yeah, that don't, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The ninety-five percent is I just want my visa, be with this guy for five years, divorce him, and then done. Oh, you know, they think wow. it's easy. So that's wow. why I'm addicted so, to wow. I have a question. Okay, I have like a two-party question. So number one, do the guys know that well, I'm assuming the guys are the ones with the money. That's not the right way to assume. The guys or the girls with the money, the Americans. I'm offended as the guy here in this podcast. I corrected myself. I only, I assume it's a guy because I'm a girl and I would want, I'm putting myself in the, <laughs> the poor person's mm. side. But, um, so the person with the money, do they know that these people that they're what i just don't how do they find this resource in the first place i have a three-part question <laughs> maybe they already have like that ulterior motive to just get out of their country by any means necessary it's like both people both groups how do they i i assume like the people who want to get out of their country they're probably looking at america already so i can see how they can yeah. find the resource but the the people who are looking for international spouses like how do and how the do other they... people they just want to find love that's it <laughs> what everyone's looking for um, they play a game it's like they playing the game though so when okay i for example there's one whose name is um oh, there's, there's been a ton though like oh my god like it's it's crazy so for example now in the current <laughs> season and this 90 fiance has another franchise like there's before the 90 days before you meet your potential spouse and propose and then there's after the 90 days where they're in america and it's like you've got 90 mm -hmm. days to get married so they can start the mm -hmm. process like you know all the other mumble jumble mm -hmm. and then there's a new series which is really interesting now it's 90 days the other way so where the american leaves everything and goes to the foreigner's country Whoa! Mm. and then you see different ages like right now this season seems like you know these 
over 50 women are looking for men who are over 25 and these guys are digging it. Right. And I'm like, okay, Mm. cool. Right. But then it's such a huge dynamic. So for Mm. example, there is, uh, there's this poor man called Caesar. Um, he is, I think 40 something. And he went on an international dating site, um, Anastasia date, which is like a Russian website. I think it is, or European women website. And, um, it's like, you have to pay full, uh, like a certain amount of money every month to, you know, obviously meet women and mm-hmm. man who I'm going to say this cause we say it a lot in our episodes. He's like the total biggest idiot because apparently they've been dating for five years um he sends her flowers and sends her gifts and sends her a ton of money apparently he gives eight hundred dollars to his paycheck to this woman and the craziest thing is that like you know the producer asked him oh look at these videos that she sends me like hey baby hi you know husband or whatever Mm. and the producer asked like don't does she ever say your name and he's like he just stops and pauses and says no and everyone watching crazy on social media is like dude wake up she's got like probably six other men doing the same thing and she never and this is why i'm just like this show is off the hook even like celebrities are watching it because it's like what is the hype Mm. And then I got two of my right. friends into it. She's like, what's this 90 Day Fiance? Because like, you know, you, Paula, you're like, oh, it's on your podcast. And I'm like, you need to start listening. You need to start listening and you need to start <laughs> watching because you're going to be like, what is this shit show? It's the best <laughs> on Monday nights. And it's something to laugh at. <laughs> it sounds almost like a mix of Bachelor and like, uh, have you heard of like sugar dating? No, I haven't heard it here. I don't think it's here. Because there's some shows that you guys have that are super amazing. And then here we're just like left with um, the shit out of the stick, like we say. Wait, have you... Wait, wait, have you... Okay, so sugar dating is like a concept. (laughs) But have you heard of The Bachelor? Yes, we have that, yeah. For sure we have that. It's a big hit. So it's like that, yeah, that dating thing. I used to love that. I used to love it all the time. I I would watch it. But um, uh, so sugar dating is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and don't ask me how I know so much about this. Sugar dating is um, where you look for like a sugar daddy or a sugar mommy, um, where you like, oh it's not an escort thing, but generally speaking, younger men and women look for older partners to financially support them um, in exchange for their time. Wow. That's how Paul and I met. Company. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. If you have heard fiance, I don't believe you. <laughs> so that's, that's what it kind of sounds like to me. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy. bachelorette with uh with sugar dating attached to it. Yeah, and it's it's all over Instagram. There's like serious people like doing memes about them and it's making me laugh all week and it's just a huge following with these guys and like another one, for example, for Other Way, um, there's this 62-year-old who left Florida to be with her husband, who is like 27 in Qatar. And she left her wow. life here and there in Florida and flew all the way to Qatar to be with this guy. But this guy actually like seems like he's in love with her. And I'm like, 
Mm-hmm. Well, that works you know he doesn't want to come to america is not able to so she's willing to go there and be with him so i'm like okay could that be legit i have you know you, you start to think about it which couples are there for mm-hmm. the love and which couples are not and yeah it's just crazy because then now it's like okay do you not know where you're going you're going to qatar like do you not do your research for <laughs> like you would complain about like oh the apartment is small well, it's more expensive to have an apartment there. And, you know, it's all, apparently you can't use cash and it's all credit and that's how their money, mm. obviously, you know, their country stays wealthy. And she complains like, oh, you didn't get me a full-size oven. Like there's no such thing as a full-size <laughs> oven, you know? Oh, so man. it's funny seeing both sides. And then there's before the 90 days where it's like, you know, they're the foreigners going to meet their you know girlfriend that they've been talking and dating for some probably a year to five years and they're trying to see if this is the one and then they end up proposing and you're just like oh my wow. God. mind blow <laughs> you wow. guys gotta get into it watch one episode oh look at that people will do anything for love these days oh anything for love yeah yeah love love yeah. and love and it's crazy when it's a <laughs> not guy money. not, not money love i watch it for the five percent that works okay <laughs> <laughs> but it's really crazy wow. and then you feel like there's side interviews and it's like they're always it's always the woman unfortunately that's like oh it's because he, he has money and you know it's mm. like white privilege yeah they've got money yeah ladies you know but then this poor man who's taking the bus and doesn't own a car and has to pay child support and lives in this apartment mm. and really has any money to eat it's like you know okay that's gonna be a rude awakening for you you know so it's oh, that's why i'm addicted to it Wow. Yeah, it sounds like, oh my gosh. In speaking of reality TV, uh, when you and I were chatting over um, the Instagram DM, whatever thing, uh, we, so Nate and I are a part of Chatbox Productions where we do weekly challenges for the fun of it um, and to get out of our comfort zone and to just push ourselves to be better, explore new things. Um, And so this is actually one of the first one of the first collabs. This is the very first collab that we've actually been on someone else's podcast. We did one other collaboration with Subject Line Blank. Shout out to them. They're the best. Um, But uh, we like to give challenges to, usually it's between Nate and I, but Mm -hmm. we gave you a challenge um, (laughs) as part of this collaboration podcast episode, whatever it is. And uh, that was to watch a documentary or a TED Talk um, on something that you wouldn't normally be attracted to or interested in and learn everything you possibly could about (laughs) the subject. (laughs) Um, So you told us what you watched, but uh, please share with the listeners. Okay. This is going to be exciting to hear. (laughs) I know. I'm I'm honestly like really, really excited because this is the challenge I don't even think I would want to do. (laughs) No, thanks. So hypocritical. I would. uh, We'll do it for you, Angelica. We'll make Paul watch something. Yeah. 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I feel for you because I was just bored one week. So I was watching this like taco documentary. Uh huh. And I learned way too much about Al Pastor. <laughs> like way too much. <laughs> so I feel for you. I understand you. I'm here to support you and I'm curious to know what you learned. 
Okay. So first of all, before I get into this, I want to say I like the stuff when we collaborate with other podcasters because like you said, it it, it takes you out of your box. And mm. my inside my box when I watch or look for a documentary, um, or a TED talk, it's it was really hard for the TED talk because I noticed most of the stuff that I would actually be intrigued to watching and it's interested me. It's like personal development, mental health, mm-hmm. and, you know, succeeding in your position and um, you know, it's just overall well-being and self-development. And then as I'm scrolling through YouTube with the Ted talk, I was just like how octopuses battle each other. And <laughs> I would never watch it because the fact of the title said how octopuses battle each other. I'm just like, really, it's like you, you just want to swipe type ordeal. But I kept scrolling down and I was like, there's got to be something else that I no, won't there's watch. there's nothing better than that. That's yeah, what that's you got to commit most... to, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you knew, you knew too. You kept scrolling. I was like, okay, let me just, let me view all videos. And I click on videos, guys. And I was like, wait a second this is all you have like this is ted talk and then i see a bunch of like other links to ted talk i'm like okay i'm not going to go through that and i was actually at work doing this and i was like okay i think this is gonna be it so it was a 12 minute video and i did learn a lot though (laughs) i was so amazed about octopuses i'm kind of excited to hear i love eating octopus um so seeing them didn't bother me so i'm just gonna put that out there um but they're just little Mm -hmm. guys i'm like you know when they're fully grown i know where they're gonna be (laughs) um so how octopuses (laughs) battle each other Because that's the battle. That's the reality. That's, that's the battle, right? <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> so this is all light fun, everybody. Sorry if I offended anyone about eating animals, but you know, I gotta eat. Such is life. Moving on. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let me start, and it gives me, you know, this person who's a, I don't know, near bio, near scientist or something about the brain and then there was some other guy who's like a professional um i I didn't know this title was so weird it was like octopus like professional scientist i don't know something along those lines some sort of specialist yeah yeah with the word octopuses and he says people say octopus is the wrong way when there's plural so he's like octopuses is the right one and then the other one was um octopus us like something weird i don't know it was something similar but weird i was like okay i don't think he said that i don't think he said that but i would have to you know review it again or i can give you the link and you guys (laughs) (laughs) um so i learned about that watch another 12 minutes of how octopus (laughs) (laughs) so there's apparently three rules um the first rule is there's always an aggressor and they put two of them inside this like container. There's a GoPro, obviously, from the top, giving you a bird's eye view. So there was one that was very aggressive and, you know, tried to poke the other one and poke the other one there. And the other guy's just like, come on, buddy. I don't want to be, like, fighting right now. I just want to be, you know, collected. But the aggressor was just like, no, I want to start a battle. I want to start We're a battle. fighting right now. Yeah. <laughs> Instigator. <laughs> yeah, so that was the rule number one that there's always an aggressor, and number two, okay. the the number two 
rule was avoid contact. So obviously the other one that does not want to do anything is just wants to live life is just chilling out and it's just like, screw you. I don't see you. But the other one keeps, you know, instigating and mm-hmm. poking at it. And it's just like, screw it. After so many rounds of seeing these octopuses go in this box, like the aggressor just mm-hmm. going and going. <laughs> and um, rule number three, it's flash your colors and they turn into this black color of like now the one who's living life is becoming really angry and just wants mm. to I don't know if it was he or she though. (laughs) So after instigating and after being so aggressive and poking the bear, Mm -hmm. other one opposite decides to, okay, you know what? Like I'm fed up with you. You're in my face. Um, It turns black and then it attacks. And then like a fight showdown. But we obviously, I don't see. Puts on its own little armor and goes at it. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And then towards the end of it, they basically said, this is how humans behave. Because, Mm. like, for example, my brother and I, if I were to poke the bear and say, hey, you know, (laughs) hey, hey, after a while, he's just going to get annoyed and ignore me. But then after a while, it's like, he'll just blow up. So we do have that Mm. same mindset of an octopus, Mm. how we survive. That's really interesting. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, shoot. Like, okay. I feel smarter now. So we're like octopuses. <laughs> so how this ends is um, the other guy who was living life and turned black mm-hmm. um, wins the battle. But does the other oh. one die? I have no idea. Oh. You know how it's like the circle of life in these oceans? Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't show that part. They just pretty much proven the point that octopuses are just like humans. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. It was 12 minutes of uh, pure education. Yeah. At the beginning it was like, wow, they really put a lot of mind into like, you know how some YouTube videos they'll be like rule number one. It's like, boxing gloves and ding ding and noise (laughs) yeah Yeah, so they kind of made it feel like that i'm like okay where's this going like can we just get to the point but no at the end of it the the neural scientist kind of explains how we are just like humans when we're out in the world that's interesting interesting. that's an interesting metaphor yeah how they spun that around Mm -hmm. yeah i i have noticed that um in my personal life, I've, I've experienced like letting small things build until I blow up at the end of the day versus like turn into a volcano. Right. Yeah. Versus like my day has been terrible because X, Y, Z and this and that, and this is the like thing that breaks the camel's back. Um, but then also I've, now that I'm older and hopefully more mature, <laughs> um, and emotionally stable, <laughs> I've, uh, I've noticed that, um, now I kind of keep tabs on certain people. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I have the philosophy friends until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I try and assume the best of everyone. But if I notice that they have some negative traits or habits or things that irk me in some way, I'll just take a mental note and slowly but surely reel myself out of their lives. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't fight per se unless... I'm called to action. 
Yeah. See, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll have all the things filled up. Um, except I don't have my volcano moments. I don't fight. I'll just spend a day inside and don't talk to anyone. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> We're all fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for me, it's like, I've, as I've gotten older, yeah, when I was a teenager, I was very, like, mm. rebellious, and I would just blow up, like, yeah, girl. tell me, like, you can't go out, and I'm just like, how's that, right. how can I not, like, you let my brother go out until four or five in the morning, but at me, it's like, mm. the 11 p.m. curfew, like, how is that even fair, and I right. just, I would just break the rule regardless, but I would just blow mm-hmm. up in that instant. But now as I got older and then you have a job and stuff, it's like, oh, so I can't blow up in my customers? Okay, cool. So (laughs) know what I mean? (laughs) So I've learned a lot and now it's okay. I just keep it in and keep it in until I have my moment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which is not good to keep it in either. So, you know, my, my therapist tells me you, you shouldn't be keeping it. I'm just like, well, it's no, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what are some ways that you can release the, the, the gunk and the stuff? Cause like, I feel like that's like a lot. I think that's a big problem with like people who just let things build and build and build. They don't know how to like, let it go. Do you have any like tools or did the Ted talk go on, over anything? Um, not really. They just compared it to how animals, you know, are just Mm. like us and the way we think. But, um, Mm. for me, like I have a therapist that I talk to, um, I used to talk to her frequently, like once a week. Now I'm down to like once a month or once every two months, depending how I feel. And it's just talking to her. Cause it's like one thing you talk to, for example, your partner, um, they don't get it. It's always that comparison, like man and woman, um, some things, your partner will understand but then most of the time your most of the time mm-hmm. your partner is very like well for a perfect example it's like okay he works physically outside i work mentally and it's always mm-hmm. been the battle of like well i'm tired i'm exhausted and i hear it every night i get it you start at 6 30 in the morning you're done at 7 p.m like i get it it's this is the summer this is the season this is the type of work you have you're trying to maximize that mm-hmm. time in order to get the jobs done and get them prepped for the winter and the winter you work shorter hours but you're still it's a long day mm-hmm. and for me it's okay i start at 6 30 but I'm mentally using my brain. I'm like, you know, trying to help everybody in the office and, you know, as much as I can. And, you know, there's, there's stuff that's pressed for time and I'm using that, my brain mentally, but it's, it's the same thing. Like my effect using my mind mentally and his, his mm-hmm. it's almost the same thing. Like we, I come home like extremely tired. I'm exhausted. I still work mm-hmm. out have to and for him it's like he just comes home eats and then chills out on the computer for a bit play a couple video games and then he's in bed that's fine but you know we it's like that comparison it's like even there's a saying where um when you marry a construction worker or anybody in that field it's like you're like a single mom when you have children Mm. because it's more of a 
I have to work, I have to work, I have to work, I'm, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. But then you hear right. moms are just like, well, I work too. I have to get the kids ready in the morning. I work 24-7 because one kid gets up early in the morning. Who's going to tend to it? The mother. Mm-hmm. Um, dad's not going to wake up. Dad's like, you know, dead asleep because he knows he's got to wake up at 5 o'clock to get his, you know, day started. So right. it's always that comparison of men and women, how the woman doesn't really have a job and it's like the man does and it's more excruciating on their body and all this other nonsense. But for me, it's like, you don't get it. It's the same thing. What's going to happen when we have children? So it's hard to talk about it sometimes because depending on their mindset and how they think about it. So when I talk to my therapist, it's like, okay, so approach it this way. But I'm like, you don't understand who I got. (laughs) He's very stubborn and he's slowly learning and changing his ways because as my full-time position, I'm switching careers within the same field. I said, I cannot drop off the kids or pick them up because I started at 6.30. I have, I'm going to be finished at 3.30. If, if I'm lucky, I can pick them up, but that's after school program. So I said, you can drop them mm-hmm. off. But then it's like, he doesn't want to do that role because it's like, it's, it's unusual for a man to do it sometimes. So Mm. it's the generations. Yes, he's older than me by seven years, but it's like, I guess what he's been taught and what family was like for him because dad always Mm. worked and mom was stay-at-home mom. So it's like mom does everything, but sometimes dads need to do it too. So what I'm trying to say is that I feel like there's got to be a change slowly in society where both parents do everything and it has to be equal amounts. doesn't matter what you do as a job and it should be perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like communication at the, at the core base of everything. I think communication is like the, the biggest thing in terms of um, any sort of relationship, like depending on whether someone wants to have a more traditional family value um, situation or if you know the mom is going to work as much as the the dad and wants the dad to take part or even vice versa the mom goes to work and the dad t- is a stay-at-home mm-hmm. kind of guy like it all it all can work I think it just comes down to communication and understanding each other and where yeah. people are coming from and what works for everyone and finding that happy happy place right. <laughs> exactly no com- uh, understandable and that's the biggest thing right but then there's some things you can't say to your partner like there's some things i want to talk about it at work but it's like he doesn't get it and especially when i worked at retail it was very like there was so much drama and i was like i need to let this out like besides talking to my parents and they're just listening which i appreciate them listening and the understanding of the bs um but when it comes to my partner it's like well that's not interesting to me and at the beginning it was like that, but then now it's like, I don't really share it. And I have therapists Mm. for that or a friend or, you know, but it's Mm. like, it's different generations. My parents were more open-minded when they came to this country and they accepted the society for what it is. And then there's other, like, for example, his family is very closed-minded and it's, this is how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It can't be like this. And, you know, but he's slowly opening up and it's, it takes a lot of patience. So, Whoever is out there experiences, it's, it's, it's a lot of patience, a lot of work, and we can do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some people tend to just give up because 
why am I going to put myself through that? Which I've seen happen, like my cousins, you know, it's like, why should I even bother? Like, I'm wasting my time and my mental, like my overall being and myself mentally, what's the point, you know? Mm. So I didn't want to take it that, you know, kind of, you know, type of topic, but it's just the reality (laughs) that we live in. And it's funny how this started with octopuses. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's more tangible than you thought it was going to (laughs) be. Yeah. Look at that. (laughs) Wow. But you yeah, know, no. it, it's like, uh, you know, I, I try to talk to friends who have the similar situation and it helps yeah. a lot because then I don't keep it in. I just let it out because I, you know, right. I can blow up like a volcano and just give every right. give up on everything, you know, and I well, kind of have to research to talk myself. with people um, who are in those similar situations as well. So that way they can empathize with you better, just a better, yeah. um, you know, exchange out of that communication and conversation and self. So. Yeah, and this is why we have podcasts because then you know people can relate <laughs> to things in that sort of way. And you know, I hear it all the time. It's not just me; it's it's everywhere. It's everyone who's who's going mm-hmm. through that similarity, like a comparison between True. man and woman, what women should do than a man, and this stuff. Like, hey, I tell mine, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that. Like, I can't be doing all of it. Do me a favor and mm-hmm. actually take the clothes when I'm going out buying groceries and throw it in the dryer. And all you have to do is press one button, actually two, because now they've gone modernized, but it's very easy. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes he does his own work clothes, which is great. But, you know, it's, I guess it's what some people do to prep for having children because, you know, they say when you start, it's like you've got 10 loads of laundry from two to 10 mm. and you're constantly doing laundry, you're constantly doing laundry. And it's like the last thing on mm. your mind is really, washing your husband's clothes when you're stuck mm. taking your kids right but um, right, yeah, right. It's, it's always talking to people that helps to kind of before getting to that breaking point because when i was younger yeah i would i would oh my god i would just blow up like a volcano and that was mm. it and me too me too but, <laughs> yeah and you know when you get into retail it's just like oh frick you can't talk to you can't you, you just got to change your ways and it was it was a huge learning experience and, but you know, you, I started teaching people how to deal with, um, with retail customers and the, the simple thing of, I understand how you feel here. Yeah. This is what we could do. Right. Like the simple, you know, couple words and sentences and yeah. So mm. it's, it's difficult, but you know what? I feel better now. Things are great and it just takes time, right? <laughs> Because we're yeah, not all it's perfect. Kind of, it's all about mindset too. Yeah. Like you can't take other people and their issues and make that a personal thing and make whatever they're going through a personal attack on you. It's just oh, complex. <laughs> and that's Paula. And that's <laughs> Paula's words of wisdom for the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. So yeah, wow. from octopuses to uh, talking about communication and how mm-hmm. to control our blow-ups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, so wow. How do you feel now that like did you know that this would come out of watching the octopus video or did, <laughs> <laughs> did you um, have expectations going into this challenge? This is what I thought. I said either 
it's either one of those videos <laughs> that you see on YouTube where they put two octopuses together and see who wins the race, like the, the frog races and you know the pig races. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, okay, what is this guy going to talk about? I didn't even read the title. It's just I'm a visual person, so if I see a picture <laughs> that looks intriguing, then I will click on it. If I don't know what's going on, I I would read like the first couple of the first couple letters, and then I'm like, okay, let me click on it or not. Um, so that's what I did, and I saw um, this two picture of octopuses. Is like, okay, cool. Um, this is something I'll never watch compared to all the millions of videos there that I would actually watch. And yeah, I, I didn't expect it to be a learning experience. So it was one of those TED Talk jokes. I don't know, um, but it ended up being a learning experience. But yeah, and I, I tell you the spreading. Yeah. The uh, the Netflix one was very challenging, believe it or not, because a lot of those shows I was okay. I don't watch horror, her horror, or murder horror. mysteries or yeah. crime, because um, I believe it or not, fun fact, I get nightmares at night, and I it's it's really bad to a point where the movie is replaying while I'm sleeping, but oh, I'm wow. actually oh. the main character. Oh my gosh! So it's <laughs> even worse. So if that person oh, no. died the way he died on the show or he or she, then I'm the one dying in my dream. So it's no. crazy. I don't know how this happens a lot. Like Titanic, I was traumatized when I was a kid because I would picture me going to bed that I'm on a ship and I'm dying fighting for my life. And yeah. Oh, wow. So, so I- even <laughs> movies that aren't really generically considered horror, like if something traumatic happens, yeah, you- like it's oh man it's really bad and i don't know how i never went to a doctor for this because they're probably like are you crazy or something um but i find it fascinating because there's a lot of films that i've seen like i love action especially marvel and like the whole series of them and Mm -hmm. you know it's like i'm like i'm either one of the characters um and then i'm like in the movie with them which is so weird and it's kind of like after but it's <laughs> pretty fun sometimes <laughs> yeah it's pretty yeah. fun i'm in deep sleep clearly and um yeah but when it comes to these murder <laughs> mysteries or crimes i'm just like oh hell no like jaws was enough <laughs> when i was a kid and then you know oh. these documentaries it's really hard and i would wake up with anxiety and panic in the middle of the night and i can't fall asleep because my eyes are open thinking like i'm gonna be attacked mm. in the bedroom. so i stay away from those oh, um yeah <laughs> and i don't i don't really you know i can't um documentaries i love I don't know what fascination I have with war history, I guess, because of my husband, he's so into it. And then I got into it. So I've seen almost mm-hmm. every single one of them. Um, like, I, I don't know, World War One, World War Two. It's just crazy. Um, D-Day and all mm-hmm. that. Like, I'm into that because of my husband. But it's, I, you know what's funny? I don't get nightmares from that, which is weird because I guess it's the reality. I don't know. <laughs> it's what actually happened. Um, oh, but when it comes to these like <laughs> stories and stuff, these other ones, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I can't get it out of my head. And um, it was difficult, though. It really was. So what I did was, okay, let me just narrow it down to documentaries and do what's popular what's the least popular one so i found <laughs> a two and a half star documentary which was called icarus i may be seeing it wrong because i'm really bad with pronouncing mm-hmm. uh, words um it might be is it i k a i c a r 
U.S. Hmm. Icaras or Icaras? I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> and what was intriguing, like, it wasn't really intriguing, but the picture, like, it's a guy on a bike. I'm like, hey, it's probably going to be a documentary of Tour de France or something that I'm not into it. And that's what was my mindset. Maybe it's about Tour de France. <laughs> like, who knows? It's a guy on a bike. Like, what else could it be, right? And I wasn't really thinking anything of it. I was like, hey, it's two hours. I'm going to split this up in two nights. So I finished watching it last night. And um, I literally went to bed, like, for those two nights at 1130. I was like, oh, my God, this this thing's actually intriguing. So um, it's a documentary. It's won an Oscar. uh, It was an Oscar-winning documentary on top of that. And I'm like, why are people giving it two and a half stars? And it started off this cyclist um, who wants to, I guess because of the anti-doping thing that's going around with every single athlete, he wanted to put his body into what they go through. And he contacted certain people that um, are involved in the, in this, in this crazy doping thing. And um, those contacts gave him a contact in Russia because apparently he's one of the best and they don't want to jeopardize their, um, I don't know, their work or their, it was something crazy. Why I'm like, but your face is showing like it's different if it was blurred out, but like, it was just, didn't make sense to me. Um, I Uh guess they just, uh, just want to keep it hush, hush. So, uh, he connects with this, uh, scientist who's apparently doped himself when he was younger and his mom used to help Mm. him and he was in the Olympics for Russia and he was a runner and track and field and everything. And I was like, this is super interesting now. Um, (laughs) But he goes through the process of, you know, doping and his, it was uh, incredible what he had to go through, like insert testosterone himself, like three times a day and a certain time in the morning. And he shows you the routine. Like you're supposed to take this many pills and, do your urine and everything and you have to freeze it because there's like a way if you, if you freeze it it stays like i don't know pure and then it's like it's it's one of those ways where it can kind of release out the, the the drugs that you're intaking or some crap like science and i was like hey, this is like really interesting yeah and then they show like you like injecting apparently going through like your buttocks is like the best because you that's where you're gonna get it the most opposed to your 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 uh, thighs and uh, and you see it i was like oh that must be so painful the poor guy had to put like six like needles and i'm like oh i can't and then he started bleeding so much and i was like oh my god God. yeah it was crazy and then the whole point of it was like wow and then you see his performance after six months so he did like a weekly kind of like documentary of like what he's uh-huh. going through and how his like updates and stuff eating. yeah yeah and by like six months this guy was like pedaling like crazy like this mm. guy could do they was like a three-day weekend race and he was training for that and then the notice of results his results were increasing and now to get into this race you obviously need to take blood tests you need to take right. urine so they want to make sure but you're you have not to fake it or yeah get with it right froze his pee yeah, and this scientist who's very famous and world renowned, um, he mm. tells him what to do. He knew do. how to get through, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he actually comes to the United States, and it's like, 
wow i can't believe that like he he's like oh don't worry i can take it that's no problem and then transfer it back to his laboratory and he does all the other stuff to make sure that mm-hmm. you know they contact him for his lab work and not for anyone else and then he tells him like oh when you get to your race i will be there so then we can tell you because they're going to ask you to obviously do another blood work before you, you even right. get on the road with your bike and it was a huge process and wow after that they ended up he wanted to sh- so the scientists really wanted to share what's been happening right. in Russia for so many years because I didn't right. know they were known for that and how mm-hmm. many athletes chose to fake it to win the mm-hmm. gold medal and to get that fame and it's just crazy because there's a weird connection between politics and the government and it's just it was just intriguing representation to me. and, and nationalism yeah. and, and what he they was do involved the with it. Of it yeah. yeah and i was just like it was crazy it was a crazy story i do recommend people watching it because it opens mm. your eyes a little bit and this man what he wants to do is just literally say hey this is the truth this is what i've gone through i have right. pure evidence and everything um the fbi right. had to protect like i literally him. just did it myself right yeah that and um, yeah and the wow. scientist was just like and you know the cyclist was there to help improve like this is what he told me right this is what i was supposed to do this is like proven fact that this is their process right you know and you know he he had to stay in america when it was released and you know russia's like you know obviously mad at him for releasing something <laughs> crazy and i was oh, like yeah. it was dangerous it was like a kind of like a danger like he was brave enough to do that but it was dangerous at the end because you're risking your family you're risking your life and you know his life is in danger to this day apparently and you know his family oh back gosh. there is at risk as well because in countries like that what's the first thing they do they they just kill you. There's no, they'll send someone else to kill you. It's, it's, mm-hmm. that's the reality. And, you know, wow. he's hiding in the United States and it's just like, will he ever see his family again? Right. Because wow. he wow. wanted to prove that what he's gone through is like, he feels guilty of it. He feels like I, you know, this is so bad. Like how could we do this every time? And, you know and then it goes more into detail and i feel like you just you gotta watch it and to those who've already watched it let paula and nate know what you thought about this documentary because (laughs) it's so it it was just like i didn't expect that i'm thinking oh this guy's gonna be training for tour de france i'm like what a documentary you know what i mean right right (laughs) see netflix do that where they do these like weird episodes and you're just like oh okay so like you said we're gonna learn about tacos (laughs) yeah that's crazy especially because you know when uh, me just getting in uh, well nate is, has run a marathon mm-hmm. i am just i've just started training to run a marathon um so i've never been like an athlete quote unquote i've always been a dancer but like that's still like an athletic thing and it's yeah, it is. the sportsman mm-hmm. world and it's just it's really interesting that um all these people will dope up and, you know, take all these drugs and do all this to get to like optimal fitness levels, um, just to get that gold medal. And of course it's like involved with like government and money and Mm -hmm. like advertisements and that. But like when it comes down to it, like I remember growing up and just really wanting to do my best to like actually do my best. And so I'm wondering if like part of like the doping thing is like that same feeling for the athlete 
it just is an easier that way endorphin to, rush, yeah. yeah, to, to achieve your goals. Like I, I just, uh, I question the morality of it, you know, it's just like, okay, if you doped, but you got first place, is it really actually first place? You know, even if the rest of the world doesn't know, you know, you cheated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then does it really feel I mean, good? For me personally, it wouldn't be good enough. I would feel like a piece of crap, but um, yeah. Well, know. did you know they did a study or they, they surveyed um, athletes, like major athletes um, mm. to, to lesser known athletes and um, the people who were more invested in whatever sport or athletic thing that they did, um, the more invested they were, the more likely they chose, um, presented the option, if you could die in the next two years, but win the gold medal, would you do Ooh. that over losing, but mm -hmm. you get to live for the, like, the remainder of your life, you get to live it, you live it out. And the more mm -hmm. invested they were in their athletic sport, the more likely they were to choose dying after two years. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Yeah, no, that's it's like a, commitment. Not a professional athlete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow! Could you imagine? Like, I, I just going to die in two years for your career that you're doing right now. It's just like, yeah, that's crazy. No, I'll pick a new career. <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. passion. Yeah, no, and I it's, just. Oh. It's uh, yeah, that's that's crazy because like I met an athlete, an Olympic athlete, um, in Canada, and. Um, it so i said like i by the way i'm a marathon runner as well well used to be a stop and um i said you know because she she was able to uh, allow me to hold a gold medal in my hands and it was it was like a super cool experience and i was just like wow like this is this is like real like that thing weighed a lot around my neck and it's just a feeling that you get and i'm like this is like a sense of pride that you did for for a country and you know i went on and on about it and i'm just like i'm a marathon runner i get like these little cheesy medals and now that I, i've held i've held a uh, a gold medal now that thing that means nothing to me right and, and she told me straight up she's like i'd rather have those marathon medals because to get this, it took like so many years and so much time mm -hmm. and effort. And it was just, it's, it's pain. It's, it's courage. It's everything. And I'm like, oh my God, who knows? Should I cry about it? Should I not? Like, I don't know. Like oh. emotions. <laughs> Cause I was like, you know, I was just like, shoot, like kind of like a joke. Like, you know, this is, this gold medal was worth more than my freaking marathon medals that are just hanging around. Like, you know? <laughs> And she's just like, no, I'd rather have the those medals than this because it's just so many years of your life, just oh, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, oh, wow, it's intense. It's that is intense, and you guys it's definitely motivation, dedication, all of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, you were saying something. No, you guys should definitely watch this documentary. I'm really um, encouraging it because who would have thought, like. You know, if ninety percent of the team was doping, and it's like you're giving away fake medals, <laughs> right? Right. Mm, How does mm -hmm. the rest of the country feel? Because they were so close to being banned from uh, yeah. Rio, and then they right in and at last minute, and I was just like, "Wait, what?" But of course, mm. you know, if government gets involved, then things are possible because you, we don't know what happens behind closed doors, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Um. 
Yeah. So um, you guys are marath- When did you start running, uh, Nate? Um. Let's see here. Uh, I mean, I did I did soccer growing up all my life. Uh, then after I stopped playing soccer in high school, started college. Um, started just running for fun. Uh, and then after college graduation, uh, and working in my pizzeria shop now, which isn't actually a pizzeria, but it's what I say on the podcast <laughs> to explain my career. Alias career. Uh, it's my alias career. Um, I, I just took up running, just uh, just more seriously or whatnot, and increased mileage. And I went from a 5K to a 10K to a half marathon. And I took a little bit of a break over winter, and then I signed up for a full, and then um, I just did it. And so that's that's that. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Paula, when's your first marathon? Uh, I actually, I'm really unattached to like the whole metal thing or the frame thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I would do it for the sweatshirt maybe, but I really just want at the end of the day to say that I ran 26.2 miles. So I haven't signed up for anything yet, (laughs) but I have run, I've run 12 miles this last week. Holy! Um, So I'm almost, I'm like one mile away, I think from half marathon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Solely for the purpose of saying that I did it. You did it. (laughs) I did it. (laughs) <laughs> so uh yeah that's how i'm gonna get to 26 miles tbd on whether i actually run a marathon or not but oh, yeah <laughs> i'm a little bit more passive <laughs> about <what I> accomplished. <laughs> no but that's really good and i had such a huge passion for running that you know i was running for about i think it was three years study I went for like 12 races a year and I was running between Mm. 20 and 30 kilometers. And Mm. it's just, it's just this, this, like they say, the runner's high that you get after yeah. it and that sense of accomplishment. Like a fever, you just can't quit. You got to keep, yeah, you gotta keep yeah. going. You got to keep going. I used, mm-hmm. to, run. I used to actually mm-hmm. run a run club. So I used to teach others how to run. Oh. I used to, I used to be a personal trainer. So I was like, okay, cool. This is, this is something I can do. Um, wow. Wait, were you a runner before you became a personal trainer? No. Or vice versa. No, it was after because another trainer of mine um, who trained me on TRX, uh, suspension training, hey. uh, she was just like, why don't you just join my run club? And I was like, oh, I can't. It's been a while since I ran because I used to be a hundred meter race. I used to do relay when I was in elementary school. I used to do all everything, long distance running. Like I was in everything. So I was like, but it's been so long. Wow. Like there's no way I could. I could do that. She's like, no, just do it. Trust me, you'll like it. So I signed up. And ever since then, I was like, holy shit. Kind of changed my life there. Made it more expensive. Because you spend so much money every year. On, you know, clothes and yeah, yeah. signing up. And, and all the shoes. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the clothing. And your body's changing every time. So you always got to get new clothes. And it's just, well, I, I used to run during the winter. So you know, you're looking at minus 40, minus 30. It's like, okay, I need to change my shoes. I need to get more of a trail <laughs> shoe. And because I was so dedicated, like, there's no way I'm going. And on Paula, that trail. I'm assuming that's Celsius, right? Not Fahrenheit. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's Celsius, <laughs> yeah. not Fahrenheit. <laughs> I'm not sure how much it is in Fahrenheit when it's minus 40, but um, I don't know the comparison. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I understand, guys. Like it's it's a lot of work, and but you know, 
if you love it, you'll 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 accomplish it, and that's you keep doing, it. Yeah. keep doing it. I had to stop yeah. because of the PCOS, and I didn't know oh, it sure. was affecting that a lot because mm. it was putting a lot of stress on my body. And then mm-hmm. I got through that little depression phase, and I was like, "Oh my god, like what do I do?" It's like you rip something away from me that I loved so much that I was apparently supposed to be healthy mm-hmm. for you, and uh, apparently not for my Is, body. Was it like the Oh, was it the impact? Um, like, could you do uh, the elliptical? Or I, maybe cycling? See, she, she, you know what my gynecologist said and the way I was diagnosed? She's like, are you a runner, a dancer, a rower, or a cyclist? And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? As I'm in that office with, like, running shorts and, like, a three-quarter long sleeve top. <laughs> and, uh, no. like, uh, and I'm like, no, you know, I just run like five kilometers a week <laughs> no she's like but seriously like she was one of those like gynecologists like she doesn't take shit from anyone i'm like i don't know how these pregnant women see her mm. like, just crazy and uh, <laughs> i was like hey i'll be honest yes i do run and i'm like what does that have to do with anything she's like how long have you been running I'm like uh like three years steady but five years in total and she's like how many kilometers do you run and i'm like um like 15 to 30 depending on the week and the weather <laughs> and <Gosh>. yeah right? <laughs> she's like well you might want to cut down and i was like how does, how does what does that have to do with my absent periods and she's just like trust me you're putting too much mm-hmm. on your body and your, your hormones are out of whack and it's, it's like you just keep training 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 and it's it should it can't be like that she's like are you an athlete i'm like no but i wish i was um and she's like well you gotta cut it down she told me to cut it down she's like you're gonna do blood work for the next six weeks and she's like in six weeks you either come back to me for birth control or we find out a different solution and if not mm-hmm. then that means you're fine so six weeks later i was mm-hmm. like oh there's my period after a year and five months. And uh, yeah, so I had to cut down running and I kind of made that decision myself mentally, which I wasn't ready for to kind of quit running um, mm. just for the sake of my health. And I miss it a lot. I really do. And when I see these people in Toronto, just like, oh, look, I'm running along the lakeshore downtown and i'm like oh great <laughs> i just it, <laughs> I, I like all i can do is just like oh you know what soon right. soon soon like after i have children and i'm not gonna have any more children then by all means i'll run every single week no problem because it's like mm. yeah there you go yeah. you could also probably isn't there like competitive walking yeah everyone was telling me that they're like why don't you just do competitive walking and i was like <laughs> Maybe I'll try. Probably that'll be something I would do. <laughs> we'll it's like it's lower impact is the only thing. Yeah, it's just speed walking, you know. Yeah. <laughs> in the Olympic Games, the, the Summer Olympic Games, and I was like, they're speed walking. It's a sport. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, damn, they do forty kilometers. Mm-hmm. I think that would be harder than running it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You probably want this crazy? like you know this longer right sprinting instead of just right. walking it yeah yeah imagine if you ran a marathon you're like you finish in four hours if you had to walk it 
<laughs> I know that's like eight hours. <laughs> yeah, that's your whole. That's a whole work day. <laughs> that's a lot. Gosh, that's a lot to be alone with your thoughts. That's like the thing I I hate the most about running is I'm just like bored. <laughs> Well, I met another runner and, um, well, she, she's a producer for a radio show and, uh, she said, uh, she listens to, she loves crime stories and she listens to crime podcasts. The only thing is that she wishes that these crime, uh, crime podcasts would be at least two hours. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cause it's like after an hour, the story's done. It's just like, oh, right. what, what am I going to listen to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, but isn't that kind of like weird? She's like, no, I just love it. It's it's like you're listening to these stories and you're running in the intention of running faster because it's like you're in the story. And I'm like, okay, that's fucked up. Mm. I already have dreams already when it comes to stories like that. But hey, everyone has their method. And I was like, okay, it makes sense for her. For me, it was spending friggin' half hour uh, two hours every night trying to figure out what my next playlist is going to be because how much more can you listen to the same song over and over and over yeah. again yeah you know what during my long runs um i think this last weekend i watched the notebook on my phone <laughs> That's amazing. i went to the gym i was on the treadmill turned on the movie started running <laughs> Maybe the next time if you can watch that this Netflix documentary. It's yeah. flowers. Perfect. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if it's busy, I'm pretty sure people will think like, are she planning on doping or something? Right, mm. yeah. Well at least it'd be better than them watching me like cry at the nose. <laughs> <I'm, like, running. laughs> oh my gosh. But that works too. You're right. And but the thing is when you get outside, it's like it's a it's a lot like you know how many times are you gonna see that same tree how many times are you gonna see that same bus stop how many times are you gonna see that right. same, you know right. subway that you drive by and you walk and run right. by and you're just like oh i just want to go in there and have a sub but <laughs> yeah but I, I i honestly that's amazing that you guys are running it and when i hear people how they started running it, it I get very like, oh my God, it warms up my heart because everyone has a story mm. on why they started running, how they started it, why they keep doing it, how they keep motivated. And that's like empowerment for everyone because, you know, everyone will learn something from anyone depending mm. on, right. the, on the topic. Yeah, right. you can learn. Yeah, I feel like everyone knows something that you don't, no matter who you meet, no matter what they did or where they grew up they know something that you don't. And I think that's like another thing that like points back to like the documentaries or like the topics that like to choose something that you're uninterested in and then right. to get in conversations like this. Like, I feel like this is like such a fulfilling thing. Like I would have never watched an octopus Ted talk. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I feel so enriched just by from hearing your experience with it. So yeah yeah no for sure it's definitely it was a great challenge and i'm open to challenges um (laughs) and i i love this collaboration because as podcasters and i always mention this like we learn from each other and it helps us grow at the end of the day right so i love meeting new people and that's been a huge thing with podcasting it's fascinating how many people you meet uh virtually right and mm-hmm. everyone has a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> has a story. Yes. 
Exactly. I affirm you and that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's like our bedtime. (laughs) Hey, no worries. My eyes are getting tired. (laughs) I did a 12-hour shift. Um, I I worked 12 hours today and then uh, had a half hour off. Then we did this phone call and this podcast. So I'm just, I, I kid you not, I'm leaning back in my office chair right now with my feet up on my desk. <laughs> but I just snuggled, like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for bed after this podcast. <laughs> oh, I hear you. My eyes are getting uh, tired. It's been a long and I'm day. Just so. like, Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> well, maybe this is our transition so to the outro. But... On our podcast. 35 minutes. Hey, thanks oh. for tuning in. Share <laughs> 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 our podcast on blah blah blah. We have yeah, so yeah. Oh man. So, well, wish me luck tomorrow because I've got the hundredth episode of recording and I've got like hey, six people. That's congratulations. That is you are accomplishing your own marathon. I'm so happy for you. Like congratulations, truly. That's such a big milestone. Thank you. I know I, n- I never expected it. I was just like, oh just do the podcast. Like I'm not paying for anything. Just need a mic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just didn't expect it to kind of grow this much um so fast and you know, it's it's crazy. I'm excited because like I've got about six people on this. Uh, it's gonna be a conference call, obviously. And I said it's okay. I know you could be in your pajamas. Like that's the beauty of podcasts. <laughs> you could be laying in bed. You could be, you know, in your pajamas, just chilling out and t- just to talk. And um, I'm super excited. And there's gonna be a lot of people. And I can't wait to have you guys on uh, the next big conference call that I would do. So yeah thank keep you an so eye for letting us be a part of your community and collaborating 100%. with us and being open-minded <laughs> about terrible challenges <laughs> no but it was good it was good i was just like what am i gonna watch though because like you know i've seen narcos a couple <laughs> times like you know history about hitler i'm like hey they come over him already um you know world war one <laughs> world war two it's like hey like netflix has got to give me something um i'm just going through it i was like this is so difficult (laughs) like i already you know i watched uh the documentary about those international chefs that was so intriguing to me i was like oh how they make a living and how they're popular they are and how they've grown and hearing their past so it's like you get you get to cry at the beginning and then you get so happy and then you're just like oh my god like 99 year old woman just still making thai food and because she loves to cook and i'm just like damn like and she's famous and popular so it was hard i once again i'm gonna repeat it again it was a great great challenge and it was amazing to be a part of um, the chat box production yeah the chat box experience <laughs> <laughs> you get what you give with with this one <laughs> well thank you so much for having us um we're, nate and i just want to extend our gratitude towards you and uh, your podcast and again our congratulations on your 100th mm. episode thank bow, you bow, bow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm not sure how you like to end or outro your, your podcast, but. (laughs) Um, thanks for tuning in on another episode (laughs) at a little bit of everything with me. And, uh, this is a collaboration with Chatbox Productions. Until next time.
Have a great day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>